0: I am here in Alton. It is day two of the trip. And as I only know you by your Instagram handle, can I check how you like to be called, please? Yeah, Saraya. Soraya. Yes. And can I just check your preferred pronouns? Yes. She, her. Lovely. Thank you so much. Can I also just check, are you happy to say your age? Yes, I am. I'm
1: 34.
0: Um. I will be 35 in October. <laughs> awesome. Um, and just in case I didn't say it, it is the 16th of August. Because I'm doing two interviews today. I said to the other person that I wouldn't be leaving here till after 12. So I've got like... I mean, I don't know that you have, but I've got all day.
1: (laughs) Well, you might not. You don't know what's going to happen with your bike. Support crew!
0: (laughs) Hello and welcome to the Extraordinary Ordinary Women podcast. Sharing life's adventures. My name's Frankie and this is a podcast where I interview extraordinary, ordinary women and non-binary folk as part of a 3,000 kilometre cycle around England, Wales and Scotland. Interviewing people older than myself to show that you don't just have to do it whilst you're young. You'll hear all about their adventures and what they get up to, as well as their answers to my big life questions. Like what does authenticity mean? Did you have a clear sense of direction through life? And what advice would you give to your younger self? This is episode three, where I talk to Sareya Abdelhidi. Sareya was the first person I interviewed who I had never met before. It would be an understatement to say that when I knocked on her door, I was pooping myself. Especially after my catastrophic cycle on day one. But I couldn't have asked to knock on a nicer person's door. Saraya was an incredible person to interview, so open, and as you'll hear throughout the episode, we go off on a lot of tangents together. We did the interview in the middle of a field next to her house. There are occasional airplanes, including one right at the start, but they are few and far between, so I hope they don't deter from the powerful stories Saraya shares. Um, so to start with, can you just give me like a snapshot and an overview of who you are and what you do?
1: <laughs> um, so I'm Saraya. I do a lot of different things that are based around sustainability, nature and adventure travel. Um, I have a full-time job, which is also based in that area where I organise sailing trips all women's sailing trips looking at plastics and toxics in the ocean for x expedition Um, but i also blog and um, do a lot of stuff online in terms of promoting the outdoors and diversity in the outdoors and appreciating nature and what we have around us as well as conservation trips which are one of the things that i really love doing Amazing. I don't know whether to jump more into the outdoors or more into professional first, but I guess if we go into like your sort of
0: work life, that sounds amazing. But what do you actually do? What does that look like on a day to day?
1: (laughs) Yeah, so good question. So I am operations manager for X Expedition. A lot of people ask me if I get to sail. That's like always the first question. And I have sailed on X Expedition voyages, but it's very difficult to do my job on a boat where you possibly don't have internet connection so I do a lot of the background organizing I do things like um I basically support everyone else in the team but I also do like the HR stuff and the bookkeeping but also help with um coordinating things like the passage planning and the scientific permit working with our guest crew and helping them with the things that they need and um gosh there's so many things that we do so basically every single aspect I support the rest of our our wider team in getting what we get done done because we do citizen science on board um oh yeah helping organize the local events because everywhere that we visit um we coordinate with local groups and do local outreach events as well so this is I probably didn't say that but this is all over the world so it's um really cool I get to like talk and meet and deal with loads of really really cool exciting fun people um so it's great as a job and um yeah so that's my like professional job and it suits me really well because I really really easily bored so it's a great job because I can switch between lots of different things and aspects of it if that makes sense it's a bit slower right now because of um COVID but generally speaking like there's always something else to do and get on and like get excited about
0: how do you find a job like that
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah so that is a great question Um, and it's quite funny so my career has been a bit windy and I don't know whether you want to talk about that particularly but like the direct thing before I got this job was that I had decided that I wanted to move more into sustainability and so I did an MBA in sustainability and I worked while I was doing that and I, I did random jobs I worked as a marketing manager for a security company I uh, ran a reception team for um, a climbing a group, a climbing center and then I worked for the group of climbing centers for a bit and did my course and it was really intense and like crazy and so when I finished it I was like I really want to do something to kind of celebrate this that I've I finished it So I booked to go uh, canoeing on the Mississippi River. Amazing! (laughs) Yeah, it was amazing. It was a bit like random. I was like, I'm just, I'd never canoed before. So people were like, oh, you must be really into canoeing. I was like, maybe. (laughs) (laughs) I have no idea, because I've never done it before. Um, I'd also, at the time, I had never been to the US either. Um, I didn't know anyone else who was going on it. It was organized by Dave Cornthwaite, and um, Emily Penn, who runs X-Expedition, and that's how I met her, and then after, directly after that trip, um, I started volunteering for X-Expedition, and that was in 2016, Um, and it just kind of developed from there. I volunteered for um, about a year, helping coordinate Round Britain, which is a sale that they did, that we did, and um, yeah, and then started working working for them in the following year and then started working full-time for them at the beginning of this year that's amazing i'm like are we in 2020 beginning of last year (laughs) this year doesn't count right it's all like collapsed in on itself (laughs) completely 100
0: (laughs) wow how amazing is it that just from that one trip you then like Mm -hmm. picked up this job and now that's what you do
1: yeah it's been a bit um I feel like that about everything that I do though it's um I'm quite impulsive so I tend to follow if I see a thing I'm like yeah that seems great I'm just going to go all in on that because that seems like it's the right the right direction for me right now if that makes sense so and I did that with my career as well and yeah it seems to currently it's worked quite well <laughs> There's obviously more, like, there's always going to be more to come, but we'll have to see.
0: And with the blogging and the, the diversity in the outdoors, do mm-hmm. you see that as a job or as work as well, or...? Um, it is,
1: it's becoming, I would say, more of a job, yeah. <laughs> if that makes sense. So I've, um, I used to work at an equestrian magazine, um, so I've always written and I wrote I had a blog before that when I was at uni which was a really long time ago now like I think did I leave I left in 2007 I think so writing has always been a big thing for me and now I've kind of pivoted everything I do to create more good basically like I feel like purpose is so important and I didn't realize how important it was um until I was doing this job at the equestrian magazine and I loved it it was a great job but there was like something missing which is why I decided to go and study sustainability X-Expedition is my full-time, full-time job, but I've always freelanced around, like, all the jobs that I've ever had, and this is definitely something that is, it's growing. Actually, last week, this is a whole different story, but basically, I was looking, so all of the things that have been happening recently with Black Lives Matter and um, kind of that aspect of diversity in the outdoors, which isn't the only aspect, but it's, like, the one that's been getting, like, the a lot headline of media in a minute, yeah, yeah exactly. Um, and people were asking me to talk about it, and it's something that I haven't hugely. I have talked about a bit in the past, but not hugely. I was excited to be able to start to understand how I could better use my platform to kind of start creating change, and I was looking for a central place where all of the different communities and brands that are trying to do better and groups and people could connect and share learnings yeah because there are so many different reasons why people don't go outdoors right Um, Yeah, so like so many and also none of us are one thing so you might go to a well for me for example I'm um I'm a woman so I fit into women's groups but I'm also BAME right so you everyone has different things whether it's disability or being differently abled or different sexuality or age or like there's so many different things so what I was looking for because my brain always goes like where are the connections is a central place or organization or group that was sharing the learnings from all of these different groups with the groups does that make sense yeah and I started contacting people being like, this must exist, right? Like, what is it? What are you using? <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. So where is um, where are these connections being made? Where is the research being shared? Like, what can we learn? What can we take from cycling and apply to climbing? Or like, where can we like
0: collaborate? And so then would that also collaborate, say a woman's group got really good at finding funding, they could then teach a LGBTQ group how to apply for funding. Yeah. Exactly, exactly.
1: Like there's so many things that you could do, right? It's like, and I was super excited about finding out what this was, right? And everyone I spoke to was like, that's a great idea. You should start that. <laughs> and I was a bit like, I don't really have time. <laughs> But okay, so last week I actually registered a company.
0: Yes, congratulations! Woo! It's called All
1: the Elements, and I'm hoping that it will help do this. And I'm hoping that other people will be excited about it and want to be involved which then takes a bit of the pressure off me with my full-time job and all of my other things I have going on and also I'm not an expert like I'm not claiming to be an expert that's why I wanted this so that everything could be shared across the groups I want the experts to come forward and share things and so that everyone can learn from everyone else so I'm quite excited about it I'm a bit scared too because it's like huge like as that you said, sounds like
0: the best kind of project <laughs> <laughs>
1: well you would say that bearing in mind what you're doing right now (laughs) but um yeah woo (laughs) so in that sense I guess it will become slightly more of a job (laughs) um but I want to start it uh small I want to not like I want to start it small but as in I want to make like my brain is always like how can this logistically happen so like the admin of it for me is I want to find out who's interested and I want to find out what they want. Like do you want news? Do you want events? Do you want like how how can how can this better serve you? Yeah. Um so the website should be going up in the next week. Um just to capture like that information. Yeah. And then once I have that, then hopefully I will be able to like target what the best thing to do is. But I'm thinking first of all just getting everyone to share their news and their wins and research like make
0: it really positive yeah exactly
1: and then like just share it share it with me and then I can like send it back out in the form of like a newsletter or something like that and that can be like the start
0: amazing I mean like keep in touch and (laughs) then like I'll put you in touch with Frit and then she's just set up Passion Fruit Pictures which is a film production company to try and sort of increase films particularly Around women, but also just about adding diversity in outdoors films. That's amazing.
1: So. Yeah, that's really exciting. And that's, I did a, I actually did an interview recently with She Extreme talking about like increasing diversity and stuff like that. So, So, yeah, there's so many people who want to do it. But this is what I mean is we're all working in our individual areas. And I feel like there's nowhere where... We talk to each other and I'm really conscious that the groups are really important because they make people feel safe and confident and um, really like help build them up in doing what they want to do. And um, I, but I just want to know how do we bring everyone back together as well? Like that's the other step is like, how do we, like we can share the learnings across the groups, but also how does, how do we all come back together? I don't know anyway this is what I mean is I'm not an expert I just I want to learn and I'm interested in it and I just I don't want to see too much I want to see like supporting of all the different groups because as I say I feel like one of the challenges is we're not one thing yeah so like how does how does a women's group better support all of the people within their community and how can how can they learn from other groups and how can like a cycling group learn from like I said, climbing or sup or like, I don't know. There's so many things you can do with it. Um, it sounds exciting though.
0: Sounds it's, it's really exciting.
1: Yeah. It's exciting and it's also a little bit overwhelming.
0: I mean, it sounds like you're quite busy, but how's your work-life balance?
1: <laughs> <laughs> Great question. Um, so when I was freelance, it was pretty good and recently the project that i'm working on with x expedition is around the world project yep. and we're a tiny team and it has been very very busy and i have not really had much work-life balance and i went to actually went to a work meeting a few months ago before covid and uh the person in the meeting who was running it was like super like he was great he he said like let's all introduce ourselves let's talk about like what you do at work because that's what we're here to do but also like what are your hobbies and and I suddenly was like well I used to (laughs) do horse riding and and climb and do art I need to do something about that (laughs)
0: and now I don't that's (laughs) exactly me when I work over winter I work like quite a full-on like office type job and people will ask me what I do in the evenings in my spare time and I'm like I cook and go to bed yeah that's what I do (laughs)
1: that's (laughs) that's my hobby (laughs) exactly exactly so um not great but the kind of like caveat to that is that everything I do is connected so my hobbies are connected to my work and everything I do is based around the same thing. And also I'm just not a very good, like, sit around and not do anything person. Like I always need a project going. Like even I have like two days off. Uh, me and my boss laugh about it um, because I'll, I'll be like, I really need time off. Like, oh, and then I'll take two days off and um, she'll be like, why are you in your emails? I'm like, I'm, I'm not. <laughs> I'm not in my email. I might be in my emails. I'm also doing this other project. (laughs) I am exactly the same. Like there was one day in lockdown when I had an afternoon off and I laid on the sofa and watched films all day. And as a filmmaker, all she wants to do is watch films. And she was like, this is the best thing ever. Why don't we do this more often? And I was like, this is my one day of the year. You've got another one booked in for 2021. (laughs) Yeah, you're like, this has been great. Next. (laughs) completely Um, you've mentioned canoeing and climbing and working in an equine hospital what sort of activities and things do you do like in the outdoors and sports and hobbies and so I tried to make a list of these the other day um because I have another project that I'm working on which is about getting people into outdoor activities and it's a website where people can go it's it's currently called adventure source and it's like it's not live yet but it's um so you can go and you can learn about getting into like you don't know how to start how do I start with sup cool. what would be the one thing that you if you're going to buy one thing what would it be if you wanted to like join a society what is the society you need to join what are the rules you need to know like all of the things that
0: amazing right
1: because you can find blogs on on things like that but you can't go to one place and be like oh I'm interested in like water sports like what are all the different water sports and what's involved if that makes sense completely yeah So anyway, I was making a list for that. (laughs) And I realized I always forget things. So if I do them in the order that I did them, so horse, yeah, horse riding. Um, I had a mountain bike when I was a kid and I've recently built a bamboo bike, which I'm hoping that I will do some long distance journeys on, but I'm taking it out locally at the moment and it's great and I'm so unfit, but that's okay. What else do I do? I go running really slowly over very, very short distances. what else Oh, uh yes yeah, sup i do sup um i don't have my own sup though so i do it usually when i'm traveling places uh, uh, sailing also not an expert at sailing i just like getting outdoors so basically if there's an activity and somebody's like oh you know what like it'd be really great to go like kayaking i'm like sure how hard could it be <laughs> and sometimes it is quite hard um, so when I went to the magazine, they, um, started this series that was called like have a go and they gave it to me. And I think they gave it to me cause they were like, she doesn't mind looking like a moron. She'll, she'll like do it. And we did like, um, horseback archery.
0: Amazing. Yeah.
1: Um, stunt riding, horse boarding. Now, when I say that like things are not like. Like, I'll try things, I'll try anything once. <laughs> horseboarding is not something I'm taking up. It's like part of my career, ever. It's so hard. What is horseboarding? So, basically you get a, um, like a mountain board, which I didn't even know that they existed. And you put on a whole load of protective gear and then you get attached to a horse and then the horse like, it's, it's being ridden by somebody, like gallops and you get pulled along behind the horse on a longboard yeah your face is saying everything right now (laughs) on this like mountain board
0: that sounds like a really fun like banana boat that you'd go on (laughs) in the ocean but instead of being in the ocean and falling off into water you fall off onto like Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah, you have to wear like helmets and stuff It's um, and it was terrifying, it's absolutely terrible. oh climbing, climbing was such a massive part of my life, see this is the thing it's like I completely forget um, I, yeah I love climbing so much that I became a climbing instructor and I used to teach climbing, um, teach kids, adults um, indoors um, and yeah that's great and actually I'm I'm really scared of heights so it was like a great I like things that push me out of my comfort zone basically um and also climbing outside is fun but also sometimes terrifying um yeah Oh, dog walking so walking hiking yeah I think that might be it
0: I mean we'll just put it with a few like dot dot dots yeah yeah like
1: and whatever might happen next (laughs) (laughs) and has the outdoors always been a part of your life Mm -hmm. yeah so yes the outdoors has definitely always been a part of my life. I've been very lucky um, and very privileged in the fact that my grandparents and uh, my mum particularly, but all of my family, like enjoy being outdoors, have always taken me outdoors. and I remember going on dog walks with my grandma and granddad when I was tiny and I have pictures of like my granddad walking me into like streams and things when I was a toddler and yeah so it's always been a massive part of my life when I was a teenager I used to whenever I was really stressed I I again was very lucky I had my own horse I did get a part-time job as well so that I could help pay for it and um I would just take my horse and disappear off into like the local forestry commission land and listen to like really angry music on my headphones with riding my horse. And that was like how I chilled out. Yeah. It's the place I go when I'm really stressed, but I try not to get to that point. I try to like get my nature drip the whole time. And as you can see, like actually, if you go out, out that way, you're just in farmland and nature. And it's, it's so easy for me to do that from where I live. And that's one of the reasons why I chose, chose where I am because I can just get the dog and just go and be gone for a few hours and feel much better.
0: <laughs> You've talked about, like, doing, like, lots of different activities and, like, starting them and learning them. How do you get started with something new?
1: Well, a lot of the, a lot of the activities... The So, if you're starting out and you don't spend a lot of time in the outdoors... There are things that you can do straight away that really help you like get out get outdoors quickly. like you don't really need any specialist equipment to go for a walk, and most of the places where we are will be everyone I think would be super surprised to find out how close they are to green spaces, like even if it's just a tiny tiny area of green. Um, and nature finds those spaces, and wildlife will be there, like even if it's in somewhere that you wouldn't traditionally think it would be there um, so yeah, just just a good pair of shoes, although to be honest, I've done pretty long walks in flip flops, so don't even need those um, if you're looking at like different types of activities, it really depends on the activity. I always and I'm not just saying this for insurance purposes (laughs) but um you I I think it's always best unless you have like a really great friend who is super experienced it's always best to find like a taster with an a good center that knows what they're doing because even if you go like you can go out with friends and I've definitely done that but like you need to make sure that in that situation you're safe if you're going to do something that's in the sea for example amazing are you are you a good swimmer is the person with you like do you trust them basically it's the same as climbing right and climbing you're like do I trust this person to catch me because if I do not trust them to catch me I should not be here
0: <laughs> absolutely and I think it's about like destigmatizing that as well yeah. there's so many times when I've not booked a guide or Mm. paid for a session because everyone else has been like oh no you just need a friend to do
1: it but then you don't have a friend that's doing it yeah exactly don't do it and most most outdoor activities some of them do have like quite high price tags if you want to go serious like they have quite high price tags but most of them do have really affordable taster sessions because they want people to come and experience it and understand why it's great Um, And there are also lots of really great... We talked about diversity earlier. There are lots of great groups that focus on, like, specific things who also can negotiate discounts with centres and are, like, really, really keen to, like, help get you out there and make sure that you can also enjoy it, but also be safe doing it. It's a little bit how I feel about, um, sometimes about wild camping, which can be, like, an amazing experience, but also, like just saying to somebody it's fine just go wild camp Is like one of those things where you're like oh great uh what what does that even mean and like where do I start and like I need somebody to help me <laughs> completely like wild camping even for me I've done it so many times I really want to do it on my bike trip but also I've never done it in the UK so I'm like <laughs> especially because it's like not really allowed everywhere yeah, exactly. and then I'm yeah. like yeah just well, and, and also there's, like, this girl... You're right, there's, like, a, also a little bit of, like... Um, I think that sometimes it can seem intimidating because of the things that we see, okay? So what's promoted is, like, people doing these super extreme things. Yeah. When actually being outdoors is just going for a a walk from your house after work or like taking your bike out or like going for a wild swim and actually being in the water for only about 30 seconds because it is so cold (laughs) (laughs) absolutely it should be called wild dipping and not wild swimming (laughs) exactly um and I think we need to we're doing a better job of it but I do think we need to talk about that more and we need to stop glamorizing this whole like you need to be like the dirtiest the most extreme the least prepared the do you see what I mean? like it's uh it's fine to be the person who's like yeah but um just checking (laughs) if I go really far out there what actually happens and actually maybe I don't really want to do that I just want to paddle and that's fine because that's your experience of the outdoors and like don't feel pressured to like Go do what, to, what other people want to do. Do what other people want to do. Do it without um, professional help. If you feel like you need like, a professional to be there. To feel comfortable and confident. Um, to do it without groups. To feel like you have to do these things on your own. So that you can like, talk about them and celebrate them. Which is an amazing thing to do. But it's not for everyone. And I think we need to be looking at like, what everyone needs and everyone wants. Because the, being outdoors benefits everyone. Right. It benefits your mental health. It benefits your physical health. It benefits if you're like super into being um, productive, like they've shown that walking increases your problem solving skills. And then also it benefits our environment, because if you spend as much time outside as like most of us do, who you're going to be interviewing, like we want to protect it because it's so important to us. And, you know, the more people who get outside and see how amazing it is, then hopefully the better we can protect it too.
0: And have you ever experienced any barriers to get into the outdoors?
1: No, and actually this is something that I've been asked about a lot because there is an assumption that if you are categorised as an ethnic minority, then there's going to be lots of barriers in your way, And and there are for a lot of people. But I have been incredibly lucky, incredibly privileged... I've never felt unwelcome in the outdoors. I've always felt confident. I'm not the, like, I'm not the fittest person. Like, I'm not the bravest person. But the outdoors, it can be whatever you make it. And I feel like that's probably why I... I've never felt like I need to be doing, like, bigger, faster, quicker, larger to be a part of the outdoor community. And... um, I think that's one of the things we need to break down, but also I like role modeling. So, oh my God, we could go off on like a, a whole side thing on this. So I never felt unwelcome in the outdoors. I work in some areas which are predominantly white middle-class essentially. I'm pretty middle-class. So for that reason, I'm incredibly privileged and it gives you access to completely different areas and different things. And I'm very, very aware of that. But I would have people approach me at events and they would say to me, like, how can we get more people like like you? I'm using like inverted commas because <laughs> people don't want to say it because we're very British and we don't want to like talk about it very much. Um, how do we get more more people like you here? Or like, why aren't there more people like... Like you here today, and I would say, I don't know, I'm here. <laughs> right? <laughs> I ask them, and they're not here. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, wow. And but it happened a lot, and so before that, I'd never been like, oh, I don't fit in the outdoors. And then once that happened, I realised that not that people didn't think I fit, but they were confused as to why maybe I was there and other people weren't there. And to start with, I was super offended. I was just a bit like. I'm just like you that's why I'm here and then I realized that that was the for me that wasn't the right approach the approach was like going to find out like I would love to be the person who raises up other people and like I want everyone to be outdoors and I want everyone to come along and so how can I help basically everyone else to feel welcome And one of the easiest ways for me to do that, because I'm already outside, I'm already in the space, I'm already doing things, I'm at the events. So um, there are all of these events that are really looking to increase diversity and they haven't necessarily been hugely successful. Why is that? I mean, this is part of this like group that I want to do, right? Because I would love like the event organisers to be in that group too. And you're working with the events and the communities and the brands and like...
0: It's a huge network. Yeah, exactly. And then exactly. you can put the people with the money in touch with the people that want the money. Yeah,
1: exactly. Exactly. And it benefits everyone, right? Yeah. So anyway, I feel like I've gone like, this. Qu- my answer to this question has been very wiggly. I mean, it's been amazing though. <laughs> I'm just loving it. i try to keep up. I'm just like, this is how my brain works. It's like jumps around all the time. Basically, I've never felt unwelcome in the outdoors. And I recently made a commitment that I would try and work harder to help other people to become more welcome and part of that is this um all the elements project but part of it is also putting my face out there more because I don't do that and I've never done that I always just kind of thought I'm I'm like a big like yeah everyone can do it yeah it's great no I don't really want to put a photo of me being outside I'm terrible at selfies please don't make me do that (laughs) type person Um, but that doesn't help right because if I'm one of only a very small percentage of people who look like me who are out there doing it I need to show that it's fine to be out there doing that and like you can have fun and it's and it's great and you're welcome and everyone wants you there I want you there please but also it's like identifying what all these other barriers are and helping people overcome them and there are a whole load of different ones um from socio-economic type things about living really far from like where you can actually do a lot of these activities to you know some cultural um things there are there are so many different aspects to it and everyone wants one answer and there just isn't one and that's why i think it's super important that we get all of the learnings learning from all the different groups together to help raise up all these different different areas but also not forget that people look at people have kind of look at me like oh you've overcome so many barriers to be in the outdoors and I'm like, I really haven't, like, I wish that I could say that that was like the case. And no, I don't wish that I could say that was the case. That's completely, that's completely wrong. Like, I don't wish that at all. But that's what they expect from me. Oh yeah, I've overcome all of these, all of these boundaries. And I just want, um, I want to know what they are and how I have overcome them. Like how my privilege has helped me overcome them so that I can help other people. And also so I can answer the question, right? Because if people keep asking me...
0: (laughs) I mean, yeah, but
1: I just want to say, I think the people asking you... I mean, I know I just asked you, but I think (laughs) the people asking you also need to, like, either appreciate the work you're doing, probably financially as well as actually verbally, and then aside from that, they also need to go and do that work and not just ask you. Yes, but... But, okay, so I have a I. So I'm conflicted about this, right? So the Black Lives Matter thing has been amazing and so intense and, like, is creating change in so many different areas and waves, and it's been incredible. What I found was um, I have a very extensive white network, basically, and I found that period of time incredibly draining. But I found it draining because I chose to help and support I actually don't think... It, and it's my choice to do that. And it's my choice to put it out there. And every person who asked questions was interested and wanted to learn more and wanted to know where to start. And they all deserved, I felt, from me, the same level of enthusiasm, patience, response, right? Because every single one of those people I know came with like good intentions. Like, I, I have never noticed, I've never understood that this was happening. I want to do better, Right. If I'd have said to those people, go off and do your own work, which I did, I basically did say, but in a kind of like, here's where you can start way. They wouldn't have known where to where to begin. And they probably would have got very overwhelmed. I mean, I was overwhelmed. The number of articles that were like. Two hundred and fifty ways to educate yourself. Right. Here are um like 50 podcasts that you could listen to that are going to like blow your mind and they were all amazing resources right I've been working on like myself and my education in this area for years I've read quite a lot of books I have not read all of those resources um I have not listened to all of those podcasts and I just think I would I opened the list and went whoa <laughs> that's a later thing <laughs> and if i did that then i think a lot of people were doing that so i think if you have the energy and the capacity and the ability to step up and help help if you really feel like cuz i was massively drained by it if you feel like you don't have the energy you don't have the patience you've you've done this before it's it doesn't work for you you haven't done this before it just doesn't appeal to you don't right It's it's all about individual choice. And I think that's, you know, I think that's the problem is the assumption that you will approach somebody and ask them and that they will that they will help you. They might help you, but they're not obliged to.
0: Yeah. And also, I guess, in that, asking them in a way that leaves it open. Yes, don't ask them in a way that makes them feel like they have to.
1: Yes, exactly. And also, I think that there is also an element of explaining. So a lot of the people that I, um, that approach me saying, like, we want more people like you at our events. We want to, like, they, it came from a good place, right? It wasn't It wasn't from a negative place. And I would have been much more open to it if they'd have said to me, And this is why it's like people take photos of me at events all the time and they use them in the publicity for the event because it's like, oh, look, there's someone who looks like different so we can like promote it. And that's role modeling. And that's important. And I want them to do that. Like, I'm happy for them to do that. But I would rather that there was a conversation about it, if that makes sense. And if that had now, I don't care because I know why they're doing it. But if in the first place, when I started to feel like it was um it's othering in its own way, basically, because you're saying like you're different and you you stand out. And it's in a, again, it's not in a negative way, but it's like, it's it's doing that without explaining why you're doing it. I don't mind being the, the face of outdoor events. <laughs> I would prefer to not always be, be the face of outdoor events, but I can be that person. Um, and it's important. And if it makes one person feel more comfortable about being outdoors or being at the event, great. But maybe just say hey, like we're doing an exercise in like more role modeling and more representation. And we really want to like help encourage people. Because if you start doing that to people who have never, I felt comfortable in the outdoors. I went to those events and I was asked those questions and I felt perfectly comfortable in my place in the outdoors at the event. I'm a pretty outspoken, confident person. It didn't, it bothered me in a kind of like, I don't know why you're asking me that, but it wasn't like, oh God, I can't go back. But what if it's your first time at that sort of event, right? And what if they, for these people who are, have such good intentions or approaching people and saying things like that to them, it makes you feel like, well, should I be here? Like, yeah, you're right, actually. Now I look around, I realize that not everyone's like me. So, but that's just an educate. You're right. It's an educational side of it.
0: I'm going to switch up my question order a little bit because I've kind of got two questions around, like, women and around representation, and I think they fit in really nicely to what we've been talking about, um, and I'm actually going to swap their order around as well. But So the question that I've been asking everybody is, do you see yourself represented in outdoor media, like clothing and films and that sort of thing, and then what impact do you think it has?
1: Um, yeah, so I no (laughs) so I started saying that yes but that was more of a like yes that's a good question no I don't feel like I see myself represented um in the media like let's take out of the equation the last two months of amazing crazy representation which I really hope will continue but I'm not convinced it will in all of the different areas there is a lot of like reactionary work going on but um no and it's not just because um I'm a woman or because I'm have a different colored skin or any of those like necessarily those things either it's also like I don't see my body type out outdoors right I go to a generically named shop (laughs) that sells outdoor equipment And on the outside of that shop, I see beautiful people, like beautiful, wonderful people who are like models. They are, they are outdoor models and they are skinny and fit and, but not too skinny. Don't want to get too skinny. It's like that, like healthy what is considered to be like by cult by society to be like the healthy outdoors person right with fingers for the recording yeah yeah sorry i'm doing i'm doing like lots of inverted commas so i'm like healthy um individuals that um are mostly predominantly white. Very, like... This is, like, something that has always bothered me, and I've actually never spoken about it, and I don't think I've ever really considered it really in great detail. But, for example my hair is a nightmare to maintain it's even more of a nightmare on like a mountain right or like in the in and out of the sea and I like look at these people who are like the beautiful outdoors people it also happens on Instagram let's be honest like it's this, it's not just like media and like brands and I think I could never be like I think I could never be that person I'm still confident in myself in the outdoors. Like, I don't care. That's why I've always done it. And I haven't been posting pictures of myself because I'm like, why would anyone want to see that? But I think that it's it's just unrealistic. And it makes people look at it and go, I can do that. Like, I can't be a runner because I don't look like that person. <laughs> you know, we were talking, talking about, like, body types. I have, and I have always had, large thighs I have never, ever been able to find, like, board shorts that fit. One of the most th- things that drives me insane. Like, even, like, the sizes just don't go up to, like... I mean, that's horrific, because board shorts are, like, the most comfortable thing ever. <laughs> I now wear them for everything. <laughs> I'm really sorry. <laughs> but it's, like... But this is what I mean, is is it's, like, even down to... So it's less about... It's definitely about the representation, because, no, i am never... But I... I'm used to that as well because I have never really seen myself represented anywhere like when I grew up the only person that I ever saw who I would be like "Mm, maybe um, was Beyonce who to be fair is an amazing like (laughs) like person to like look up to because you're like she kicks ass right (laughs) But people would even tell me, I tell me I look like Beyonce. I do, like, for the, for the recording, I do not look like Beyonce. I really don't. I would love to, but I really don't.
0: I'd take it, <laughs> like, I, if you wanted a compliment, like, I can say it, but I really don't see it.
1: No, no, exactly. And so this is the thing, is like, I, I was always a bit like, oh, are you saying that because she's the only person who kind of vaguely looks like me? So this is a wider representative representation issue. But yeah, for me in the outdoors it's it's actually been more focused around body type. And also I was saying to somebody yesterday, like I feel like I'm uh, my opinion of women in the outdoors is skewed. Like I don't think I can look at it independently because I am in so many women's groups and I know so many like badass women doing these amazing things in the outdoors that like when people say to me about women being underrepresented I don't get that. I I have surrounded myself with what I completely understand, like, are breaking barriers and creating change and doing these amazing things, but I don't see a lack of them, if that makes sense. But then that's partly because it depends on... um, I don't consume a lot of... I very rarely go shopping, I've got to be honest, so I'm not really looking at, like, who they're advertising their stuff to. I do consume, like, adventure media, but... I'm completely biased because I just see see women everywhere doing these amazing things. <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly the same as my Instagram. So on my Instagram, I sort of hear people saying that Instagram's really bad for like diet culture and like promoting it. And I'm like, no, it's not, it's full of body positivity. What are you talking about? And then I realise that no, that's just like my newsfeed that's yeah. tailored to me. Exactly. And that's a, that's one of the things, isn't it? It's like about who you follow. And that's why um, for Black Lives Matter they've been doing a lot of things previously to this last movement about diversify your feed like let's see different people and not just like not just Black Lives Matter but like from all of the different types of diversity we talked about earlier like let show the different people doing different things and it's going to be better for you like you're going to feel better and happier Um, and it's also like amazing to just see like all of these people out there doing it, people are doing it. And that's one of the things that I got really angry about, like people of colour in the outdoors. i was so conflicted the whole time because I'm it needs to be better and we need to see more people of colour and we need to make sure that like there's more representation. But also I will like there are loads of people who were like, yeah, you're right. Like we never see anybody um, doing anything like that in the outdoors and I was like he- hello <laughs> hi I'm um, <laughs> I'm right here <laughs> you what about me? yeah exactly and I think that's the thing is like it's not necessarily that there aren't there are there's a lack of representation and that's like a whole load of things but I also think the people who are doing it out there aren't being seen doing it yeah. and they're not being promoted and they're not being and if you look at the number of followers of somebody who's done exactly the same thing as like someone who has like twenty five thousand followers, and you're like, "Oh my God, this person or even sometimes even better better things, and you look at their post and post and you're like how do they how does their account only have like one and a half thousand followers, and this person has like twenty five thousand how does that happen and then if you don't have like the way social media works. Obviously, if you don't have loads of followers, it, it's you're not... Harder to get yeah. them. And Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. While I'm saying, like, everyone in the outdoors, everyone out there, there are people out there that you can follow and be inspired by. And also, I just kind of am like, post about the stuff you're doing. <laughs> Let's talk about it. Can we also use... Okay, I'm going to use this opportunity to say something that's been really bugging me, which I really actually need to also say generally. Go for which it. is, can we start using... Diversify Outdoors UK as a hashtag. That's how I found you. Yes! So, because it's... like So, our, our situation in the UK has similarities, but is also different to the US. And the US is big, and there are a lot of people, and they are miles ahead of us in terms of, like, some of the representation areas. And so, if we... Like, what about the people here who are doing amazing things? Why are we not posting being, like... Diversify outdoors, UK, so that we can find people who are doing it here, and learn and like grow and boost boost those people up. So, can we do that, please? Just send yeah. it out there. <laughs> Use it, follow it. <laughs> yeah. And if you're following someone whose content you like, who you think needs more engagement, like and save and share
0: their photos because that's how the algorithm works.
1: Yes, exactly, exactly, exactly. We need to
0: boost people up. Completely. Um, Woo. Um, I'm just going to pull up my other question from this section and then I'll like jump backwards again. Um, what perceptions of women do you think there are and how do you think they match up to your reality? In general or in the outdoors?
1: Either. <laughs> I mean, that's such a broad question. Yeah. It's interesting because I'm like, I don't know where to start. So... Actually, which I also don't talk about very much, my dissertation for my MBA was on authentic leadership for women. And so a lot of, um, I did a lot of research into what makes a great leader, what traits women show, what traits men show, what the perception of women is, what the barriers they face is. um, And that's a whole like that could be a whole thing on its own (laughs) could be an entire (laughs) podcast I'll just come back
0: again yeah at the end of my trip
1: (laughs) yeah and then we can talk about that instead so women has been something that I've been super passionate about kind of pushing forward the way we talk about ourselves the way that we present ourselves feel like we should present ourselves the way society sees us I think that I mean there's so many aspects I don't even know where to start you know when you're just feeling like that's that's such a broad question because obviously there are perceptions about the way that you should look and the way that you should behave and I guess those are two things which transcend like all of the different aspects of like life as a woman especially if you are a ambitious like pushing boundaries woman, bossy you know like domineering Um, loud all of the things that as we all know as a man they'd be like oh my god what a (laughs) go-getter
0: how charismatic (laughs) yeah
1: exactly look at him smashing those boundaries Um, it was like the um recently I because I don't listen to a lot of newer music um but I came across Taylor Swift's song um if I was the man oh I don't think I've heard it oh my god I can't believe you haven't heard it it's great and that's what and that's one of the things that she she sings about in that it's a great song and actually in the video like she got made like she had like prosthetics and stuff put on so that she then was the man in the video but it's like she talks about how all of the things that we know happen that is basically like if you are the way that you speak to people, then they're like, oh my God, like she's so rude. And then if it's like a man, it would be like, oh, he's so focused. He's like really like just nailing it. He just knows what he wants. He's just not taking any of that bullshit. Oh, like she is, she is unbelievable. She's so emotional. She just can't, um, can't. Yeah. I don't know. I've, there are so many things we could talk about with this, but I think particularly, I think it's about assertive for me, and this is definitely not the only area of it, but the thing that really irritates me is, is this perception of assertive women as being a problem, not conforming, not behaving. And I get it even with dating, right? I've been told by very, very close friends who I respect greatly to tone myself down, to not talk about all the things I'm interested in because it could be overwhelming, to like, you know... I mean it's not going to be overwhelming to someone on your level like surely you want to go out with someone on your level I know but the argument is is that that, that, yes no I agree I mean obviously I agree but the argument is is that for the way that you're perceived by society is um, controlled by subconscious bias it's not necessarily also controlled by like so the way whether you're um, attracted and engaged with somebody isn't necessarily your thought process of being like Oh my God, like this person is like really passionate and interested. It's like, whoa, women don't do that. They're like, like I was, this is too much too fast, or like whatever. Anyway, it's, it's interesting. I didn't take that advice very well. <laughs> Although I very much appreciated the people taking the time because I did ask, to be fair. <laughs> but I also was a bit like, thanks, but no. So when I ask you later on for your one piece of advice, it's not going to be that. No, no,
0: Absolutely not. Um, okay. Let me just check where we are. So if you're okay, I've kind of got like three more sections to go through. So it's like a little bit about your journey and just your yeah. I just up felt like now. I'm talking a lot. It's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> please do, please go Then another like fairly big section and then just like a tiny little bit to finish off. And then okay, so I'll try and do you need to move or take a break or stretch or anything
1: I'm just gonna try I'm gonna try and keep my answers a bit more concise
0: (laughs) wait till you hear the questions (laughs) oh god (laughs) um okay so looking at your journey Mm -hmm. how has your journey shaped who you are now oh it's made me completely who I am now
1: um so I feel like lots of I've had lots of twists and turns I've had times where I haven't been very happy I've had times where life has been amazing and I think I am a very I'm very confident in myself and who I am now and in my decision making like I don't I used to doubt myself I don't really doubt myself anymore and I also know that even if I that doesn't mean I always make the right decision just to be very clear. Um, but it just means that I am co- also confident in my problem solving skills in terms of being able to resolve it if I do not make the right decision, if that makes sense. So it's fine. Like we all make mistakes and we do different things and it's okay. But I don't think I would be this person if I hadn't have gone through those highs and lows. And I think everyone probably feels like that because you're, you're, molded by your experiences and the way that you react to the world is different. I mean, I was thinking the other day, like, I feel like when I was, I feel like when I was in my twenties, I was like obnoxious, right? I mean, I'm not saying that about you. I mean, I
0: look back <laughs> to like my 21 year old self and I literally message people. and I'm like, I'm so sorry you yeah. had to know me then. Yeah,
1: exactly. It's like one of those things, isn't it? Where you're like real like hindsight. Like I think about the way that I reacted to things and the way that I behaved. And I, yeah, exactly. I want to text everyone and be like, guys, I've, God, really? (laughs) Um, But I think that's just learning. Like that is your, that's, that is not for everybody. It's not even for everybody in their twenties. Sometimes it's their thirties or their forties, but there's a period of time where you do learn about yourself and you learn what's okay and what's not okay and what you feel comfortable with and what you don't feel comfortable with. And yeah. Yeah. I feel like if you ask me this again in 10 years, I'll be like, God, can, can you believe that interview? <laughs> I was such a douche. Because <laughs> I feel like we're all still on the journey. <laughs> Completely, yeah. Um, you've obviously like lived like a really interesting life. Do you ever feel
0: like you've kind of been going against the grain? Mm-hmm. And how have you coped with that?
1: yeah all the time <laughs> I'm I'm known for it in my family it's like a it's like a thing it's like oh well you know um I was talking about how um I was quite disappointed that some of my kind of long distance travel plans hadn't worked out with my mom like yesterday and she was like yeah but one day you'll just be like I'm just going and then you'll be gone and it'll, it'll be fine <laughs> so it's um it's it took me a long time to realize that that was part of my personality, though. I just felt like I was just searching for something that made me happy, and um, I didn't realize that I was quite as impulsive as I as I am. But yeah, so basically, I did I did a law degree as my degree originally, and I hated it. I hated every second of it. I finished it though. <laughs> Congratulations! Thank you. And I went. I just was never gonna be a lawyer. I feel like you're either a law person or you're not a law person. And I feel like people who work in the legal field will say the same thing. Like it's it's like amazing and it's your whole world or you just don't get it. And I just, so I then left and I just started applying for jobs that were like fairly local to me. But in areas that I was interested in, I think I applied to like an advertising agency. Like I've always wanted to do like more creative type things. Um, and I ended up working at an equine hospital, which was like really random, although I'd always been a horse rider. And I did at the time own my own horse and, um, <laughs> and I worked as the assistant to like four yard managers and it was one of the most interesting jobs that I've ever done and it was like ordering and like for the yard but it was also like holding horses for MRI scans and like writing reports for the directors I had this badass uh, woman as my boss like she was incredible and um, actually one of the interesting things in my research when I did the research into leaders is that you look for qualities in leaders that you've seen in leaders previously if you've experienced in leaders previously and that made me wonder if the reason why I was like yeah of course women can be like epic leaders is because well I have strong women in my family anyway but because my first boss was she just rocked it and she was so supportive she's an amazing mentor she we're still friends now she's great um anyway (laughs) everyone thought that was weird because they were like why would you do a law degree in fact she said to me I only interviewed you because you applied and you had a law degree and I was like why would someone with a law degree want this job got you what you needed yeah exactly well this is the thing I was like well it worked didn't it (laughs) so yeah so I got a lot of stick for that and also I'm the oldest in my family and so they were always like oh like doctor lawyer I was like yard assistant (laughs) so I did that while I was there I met somebody and you were talking about like meeting people and like instances that like change like your course and I was already blogging because I already... Well, I'd, I'd been blogging since uni. I blogged about being a law student as well. And I met a, an equestrian journalist who used to come in to do articles about, like, the hospital. And um, a job came up, and my boss put me forward for it with the magazine. And so then I ended up working for an equestrian magazine, which was, like, my dream job, like, writing all day. I got to write all day and when I wasn't writing I'd be out coordinating like photo shoots and like on these amazing yards with these amazing horses and I got to do all the Olympic coverage and I got to meet Olympians and go to their yards it was just like it's such a good job like it was so it was great I did it for like four years and it was amazing but then I got that feeling like that something is not quite right and I think part of it was because um we'd I lost my granddad um, and at the same time um, my mum wasn't very well and it was a very like it was a very stressful time and I think I suddenly realised that what I was doing I was enjoying it but it didn't have a purpose. So then (laughs) I gave up this job that I told everyone for years was like my dream job job." (laughs) and um, everyone was a bit like you're crazy what are you doing I was like I'm gonna go back and study and it's gonna cost me like loads of money and I don't really know what I'm gonna do afterwards but I feel like it's just like the right way to go and um I'm very lucky because I have a very supportive family I didn't realize how supportive so it was uh, the course that I did was called the one planet MBA and it was basically like a business course but with Every single module that we did had sustainability also embedded in it. It was really, it was great. It was amazing. So I didn't realise how supportive they were until several years after I did my course. My dad sent me an email and he was like, forwarded me this email that was basically about this big sustainability conference. And literally he wrote one line at the top of it and it was like, turns out like this is actually quite a big thing. (laughs) And I was a bit like um yeah uh thanks for being so supportive when you thought that I had lost my mind clearly (laughs) anyway so I went and did that and at the same time I had I was working at a security company I was actually working like for my dad's company it was a very very stressful job and I quit one day I just quit. I was like, I'm not doing this anymore. And I went to work on the reception at a climbing center because I just like the idea of like going in, in the morning, leaving in the evening, right? Everyone thought I was nuts doing that. They were like, how can you have like built up your career so much and now you're just gonna like work on reception? I was like, it's a great job. You get to meet really cool people. I get to climb for free. What's not to like? Then I became a climbing instructor, spent all of my weekends teaching kids how to climb. <laughs> Everyone also thought I was nuts. Then I told everyone I was going canoeing. As I said, everyone was like, "But do you even know how to canoe? Like, no. <laughs> <laughs> why would Why would you not go though? So with all these like instances when people are like, "Why are
0: you doing this? Why are you nuts? Like, how did you go for it and overcome that? And
1: I am. Um. I think I've realised that I'm. I'm just not scared. And I kind of know that everything is reversible. Well, not reversible, but like going to work on the reception at a climbing centre, I already had like a whole load of my career behind me anyway. I still had that experience. And I was confident in that it was fine. Like even if that went horribly wrong, then I was still going to be able to like find work somehow afterwards anyway. I'm going canoeing with a group of people who have organized a canoeing trip with this great company um, that's based in the US. What's the worst that can happen on that trip? I hate it for like the whole time I'm paddling, but I'm not going to die. Like, and two, two and a half weeks or however long it was of discomfort is not going to mar my life. Like I can just, I'm pretty good at compartmentalizing things actually, to be honest. So if it had been horrendous, I just never would have spoken about it every again. (laughs) And I guess I'm very lucky in that. But I also, I talk to a lot of people where I say things like that. Like, what's the worst that could happen? And I read a really good book actually that said one of the great ways of working through fears is to write down all of the steps that would have to happen for your worst case scenario to happen. So for example, like one of the things was like, if I give up my job, maybe like, this is for somebody who like owns a house. If I give up my job, Like, maybe I'll end up homeless. And it's like, but the steps that you would need to go through for that to happen, right? You'd have to lose your job. If you have any savings, use up all of your savings, right? Um, You'd have to not be able to find any job. Like, we're talking about anything. Like, you could find a job. You would then have to, like, not have any friends or family that would be willing to, like, put you up for a short period of time so that you would be able to get back on your feet. And then you would have to get to the point where you couldn't negotiate any sort of like way that you could like live somewhere else. Like if you were owned a house, you could then you could sell your house and then you would have money that you could like put towards rent. Right. There's like quite a lot of steps that you have to go to before you're like, and then I'm homeless and I like have nothing. And like a lot of fears, not all fears, like some fears you do it and you're like, oh, there's actually only one step maybe I should rethink <laughs> but a lot of fears there are like multiple steps that would have to happen like it would all have to be worst case scenario for you to end up like in the point where which is your fear
0: I want to move on from the things we've been talking about and I want to go into like more like emotions mm-hmm. and one thing that I want to talk about is like your authentic self mm-hmm. and I think this will be quite interesting if you've just been doing <laughs> all about authenticity but I really want to talk about this because for me every year that I get older I kind of look back and I'm like I feel like I'm just like a little bit more living as who I really am and when I look back I'm like oh honey like you didn't know anything. Yep that's fair. (laughs) What does like authenticity or your authentic self mean to you
1: (laughs) so authenticity is an interesting concept um, because actually authenticity in its definition you can't be see you can't be authentic unless you're seen as authentic by others
0: wow yeah
1: so it's actually a really like it's one of those definitions I actually hate because I think it's like a nothingness definition because you could be your absolute true self and people could not perceive that to be your true self and therefore you couldn't actually be authentic which is interesting isn't it
0: and I guess the same thing the other way around you could be completely pretending but people see you as authentic
1: yeah although there are other um like there are it's been a while since I did this but there are other criteria that require that that would stop you being inauthentic and still being like you can't there is a series of like you have to be true to yourself you see what I mean um but essentially also one of the challenges I have with authenticity is like what if your authentic self is a jerk right like what if your authentic self actually is and I think we all have elements of this in in us I mean I do too like is like incredibly selfish (laughs) like how much of that like like you're always going to be tempering yourself slightly so I kind of feel like it's authenticity is interesting as a concept and I think you're right I think it's constantly evolving I don't think it's ever I don't think it's a still concept but I am very much marred by the fact that I know that it's related to how people view you And, like, I can't get that. Like, when people say authentic self, I can't get that out of my head. Because how do you know? And how could you ever know if somebody is being truly authentic? Because only they really know, right? Unless they're, like, sporadic and they're, like, doing... But even then, like, people can be lots of things at the same time. I don't think I really answered your question. You answered my question so much. And you've just, like, (laughs) rocked my entire world. I feel like my universe is just, like tilted in a different direction (laughs) it's weird but then obviously most people wouldn't use like the like technical definition of authenticity right so yeah in a sense of like being yourself and being your true self I mean always but yeah I think having studied it I just can't look at it in the same way anymore
0: (laughs) and so from that my usual question is do you feel like you're living as your authentic self, <laughs>
1: but I mean, I'm like even more intrigued to hear your answer to this <laughs> than I would be normally.
0: I'm like, I don't know. do
1: you think I'm living my authentic self <laughs> <laughs> um I do I think that I actually think somebody asked me recently what the responsibilities are of being online and talking about how yourself and like where you are, and I think that that is hard right because as somebody who shares what you're doing online and shares your life like you want to be sharing everything but also (laughs) if you have a really crap week don't really want to be like posting every day like still terrible yeah (laughs) Yeah, exactly (laughs) cried for three hours this morning um just like I did yesterday (laughs) how's your day going (laughs) (laughs) in bed (laughs) yeah and there's like there's a balance to be made right so it's like important to talk about it um but also i think and it's also what you're all about right it's like about inspiring people and like motivating people and so i think we need to show we have to show the arcs basically and i try i find that a constant and i think everyone who does who shares online does i find that a constant battle like where is the balance of like showing because you can also be desperately sad but also aware of like how privileged you are and like how amazing your life is right um you can also be desperately sad and feel like none of those things apply and you can also be ecstatically happy but also had like the crappiest time in like the run-up to that point I guess the I guess the real answer is I try (laughs) And every day I try to be better, and I think that's the I think that's the most important thing. It sounds really like the, and it makes me feel a little bit vomity to say it. But I, I honestly I really do because I had somebody ah oh, Kath Edsel who's one of my favorite people in the world. She runs like the Matriarch Adventure, and she's a um, mountain leader. So the Matri do you know the Matriarch no. Adventure? Okay, so she um, runs every year. Unfortunately, not this year because of everything that's been going on. Walks. In Namibia with desert elephants, but just just for women. Mother, she does mother and daughter trips where you can go, and she's incredible. Anyway, um, I did a whale shark conservation trip with her and Bex Band, um, and a group of other amazing women, and um, she said to me. I was having a freak out and this is like about this honesty thing right so I was having a freak out about the snorkeling because I like I didn't realize at the time but I had like a broken snorkel and so I was like breathing in water and so I like felt like I was gonna drown and so I had like a couple of like freak out things so she said to me on that trip and it stuck with me forever every second is a new start every single second is a completely new start you're starting over let go of everything else you don't need to worry about it and it just makes me go, why? Okay, breathe. Now is a new second. Now is a new start. I can just, it doesn't matter that that happened before. Let, let let yourself let go of it, basically.
0: I really like the idea that like, every day is New Year's Day if you're brave enough.
1: Yes, yeah, absolutely. That leads really nicely into my next question. What does bravery mean to you? <laughs> <Whoa>. <laughs> when you said earlier, <laughs> I'm gonna make my answers more concise, I was like, <laughs> oh no I think I have like um actually funnily enough I think I I think I have quite a sure answer to this oh yeah so I actually think bravery is doing things when you are not sure of the outcome but doing it anyway to me it's a leap into uncertainty and that can be anything it doesn't have to be a climbing everest it can be, you know, taking that step outside your house actually when you're just having a really bad day, or picking up a phone, the phone to somebody who you've had an argument with, or like it's, it's stepping into uncertainty.
0: Would you describe yourself as brave?
1: That's weird. Like, it's weird, isn't it? When you like try and apply these things to yourself. I think other people would say that some of the things I've done have been brave. I struggle with that, but then that's because I struggle with any sort of... I struggle with compliments generally. Women struggle with compliments generally. And we also say just a lot. Oh, I just did that. I only did this. Nope. But that's something else entirely. So, yeah.
0: Could you tell me about a time when you feel like you've been brave?
1: Um... I'm sure there have been, like, better examples of this. Like, it's quite hard when you, like, haven't really had time. I'm sure I would have a very curated answer. <laughs> <laughs> so I interviewed Frit as my, like, very first trial interview for the questions. And she was like, can you send them to me? Can you send them to me? Can mm-hmm. you send them to me?" And I was like, no, I'm not going to send the questions to anybody.
0: I don't want yeah. the curated answers. Yeah. I want whatever happens in the conversation and the chances are we're not going to stick to the questions anyway yeah yeah yeah
1: and sometimes it's um sometimes it's great to have questions in advance and sometimes it just it then you're almost just going through the motions aren't you because the person's already answered it so they already know what they're going to say probably the first time so I have been very very lucky I've traveled a lot with my family we didn't travel we we used to go to Cornwall every year when I was a kid love Cornwall and so I didn't travel abroad very much until I was in my very late teens and I did that with my family we we started going to like all these different places and it was amazing but um, I never went with any friends because I could never get them to want to go and I think sometimes that happens when you're you're I have an amazing group of friends from when I was like at college but we're all very different people and that's almost why we're great friends because we're like so different because it's the circumstance that made you friends right because you were in this place at this time and I could just never get anyone to go with me and it was making me very unhappy and I just decided and it was actually when I also decided to do my sustainability course so I guess I just decided to change I was like I'm overhauling my life like I don't want my life to be like this I'm I'm unhappy and I'm making myself unhappy because I'm not taking steps like I could take steps. So I booked and this is so unsustainable. I'm just like making that very clear to start with. Um, I booked to go to a party in the Sahara Desert in Morocco for like four days and it was and I didn't know anyone I didn't know anyone who was going it was promoted through a book club that I'm a member of which is an amazing book club um in London called Rebel Book Club it was someone from there was organizing it and I was just like you know what I'm just gonna book on it and I don't care and I want to go somewhere with adults that aren't like my parents and um I'm gonna see what happens and hopefully it'll be great and it was great and also awful like it was I have never been so cold (laughs) in my entire life. Um, But the people were amazing and the experience was amazing. Most of it was travelling. Also, we went in February and in my head, I was like, Sahara, it's going to be so warm. And we like drove through the mountains and it was just like snow and like pouring rain. And it was, I was like, really should have done my research, but I'm sure. And all the videos, like the promotional videos were like, sunshine and like beautiful like tents and stuff anyway I've never been so cold in my life um (laughs) but I feel like that's that was me being brave like I was like I don't know what traveling with strangers is going to be like I don't know what Morocco is going to be like I'm just going to go and that was the same year that actually that I went canoeing I went canoeing later in the year um so yeah
0: like you said just like jumping into uncertainty and what does happiness feel like to
1: you? Oh, that's another good question. Happiness is a tricky thing. I think happiness changes. Like what, may, what makes you happy and how, how you feel happy changes. is like, as we discussed before, like going through your journey, like it's different. Um, and different things make you happy. And things that you never thought would make you happy, make you happy. I read actually a really interesting thing about how happiness is f- is a fleeting emotion which is really interesting and how it's not like the, th- it's not necessarily the thing that we should be like, cons- aiming to be constantly happy because actually that's not realistic and like happiness is like a peak. It's like a fluctuation, if that makes sense. I think happiness, sorry, that was just like a side thing. Cause I find the concept of it really interesting. I am happy, I'm most happy and I feel happy when I am content in myself and quiet because you probably notice like my brain is a bit like and I think that I like it like happiness for me is when I can when my brain it's not switched off but it doesn't feel like it's leaping everywhere and I get that in lots of different ways so I used to get it when I was climbing because I'm not really climbing at the moment because like climbing is really far away and I've just been really busy as we discussed earlier. Like when you're climbing, you're only thinking about like the next move you're doing. You're not thinking like you can't because well, that's not true. I did teach some people who were just like not scared of heights and naturally like super gymnastic and amazing. And they they would come on beginner's courses and they they didn't really like climbing because they'd be like, yeah, it's really not that hard and I don't know what the big deal is. And I was like, maybe it's not for you. <laughs> I would have be been like, put them on like even really hard stuff and they'd just be like, yeah, and? That's not what climbing is for me. Climbing is like, what's the next move? Like, how am I gonna do this? Being completely in the moment. And I also find that when I'm I'm drawing, like I do, um, I do art when I go on expeditions and stuff, which I love doing and I try and do I've been doing like a lot more nature stuff, UK based since we've been in lockdown. Um, and I find it in that too, like the whole whole focus. And that's, that's flow, so that's something else as well. But like humans are happiest when we're kind of like in flow. And also like things like, you know, the moments you get where you're just like, you're sat in the pub with like some friends and it's not different to like any other time or any other reason, but suddenly you're just like, this is great. Those are the moments of like happiness for me. Whereas I feel like maybe if you'd have asked me this like 10 years ago, I would have been like, yeah, it was like that time that I did this amazing achievement or like that time that I did like this. And I'm like, no, that's not, that to me isn't happiness. Amazing, what a great answer. Thank you so much. (laughs) I tried to keep it short. It still wasn't even that short.
0: (laughs) Um, But you'll be pleased to know we are like very nearly at the end. So I've just got. I'll pull my questions back up again. So I've just got two more questions. Okay. So, do you have any female role models? Who are they and why? <laughs> um, <laughs> just a short one to finish. <laughs> yeah,
1: I. It's just like throw that one in there, right? I have lots of female role models, which probably doesn't hugely surprise you. <laughs> um, I feel like I should choose like a um. I feel like I should maybe choose one, though. I actually have... Okay, so I have loads of different female role models, but they're not necessarily... Some of them are high-profile, but they're not necessarily high-profile. Does that make sense? Yeah. And I feel like, in some ways, like giving high-profile names feeds into what we were talking about earlier that there are like some really really high profile popular people who just continue to gain like more and more traction and more and more followers and amazing they should absolutely do that because I've been inspired by them like I think they're great but I also feel like that then doesn't like do what I'm what I'm trying to like promote which is like bigging up people who are I don't think any I feel I have a problem with the word ordinary because I don't think anyone's ordinary. I think everybody has like their own uniqueness and their specialness. But I feel like maybe all of us need to be looking for role models that are are the things that a resonate with us that like are us but also are the things that we're interested in, right? Because I could tell you and that maybe that's part of the problem because I could name like several climbers that I think are amazing. I'm not necessarily like, they are like my role model because I also can think of like amazing sailors who are also like epic, like female role models. Um, And you could also go into business and be like, look at these like business women, they are like nailing it. And then I also like look at people in my close friendship group and who have overcome like these amazing not amazing but they are amazing because they've overcome these like really difficult things in their lives and no one's ever going to hear about it or know about it but that can be even more inspiring than somebody doing like a epic adventure journey which also inspires me so that's going to be my answer my answer is I'm inspired by women all the time and I feel like we all need to go out and find our own role models Good answer. I mean, I feel like you completely deviated and (laughs) bypassed it, but (laughs) I avoided the question. I do genuinely feel that um, I could list right now loads of those women, but I feel like then I wouldn't be listing women that are equally as amazing. And I just don't. I think that's I think that's a shame. I feel like now I want to go and write a blog post with like all of the amazing women <laughs> in it to make sure I haven't missed anybody because that's actually one of my concerns is like, what if I, I will forget people and what if I forget someone who's like so important like in, I just don't have a brain that like holds all these things like together very well. I'm looking
0: forward to the blog post. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'll get on that.
0: <laughs> um. So... Second to last question. Sorry, I don't actually have one more after this. (laughs) But what advice would you give to your younger self?
1: I think the advice that I would give my younger self is life is going to be hard. It's not, and I don't mean that in like a really, really hard way, but it's going to be much harder than you're expecting. And life isn't going to go the way you plan. And that's okay because you're going to come through it and I think that's the thing when you're younger and you hit roadblocks it feels like the end of the world it feels like there's no way that you're going to be able to come back from it and you do and then you're like oh I did that it was okay and then when the next one comes along you're like oh god no this is really big and scary and like I feel like I can't do it and you do that too and then eventually you get to a point like I feel like There are some things that I would definitely build on the top of that that would be incredibly scary and I would feel like I couldn't overcome. But I feel like a lot of general things now, I'm pretty confident that I know if that happened to me that I would be able to cope with it. And I don't think... that You just don't know that when you're young because you haven't been through it yet.
0: Completely. That resonates with my journey so much. Um, Last question. Is there anything that you thought I would ask you that happened?
1: no but I always like these questions because it's like um if you have anything isn't it it's like if I if I wanted you to ask me something I could be like well actually I really thought that you would ask me about my shop <laughs> I don't have a shop just so we're clear <laughs> about this thing that
0: I really want to plug yeah
1: exactly um no I don't think so we've talked about a lot of things that I didn't think we'd talk about. And I thought we'd talk about diversity in the outdoors and I thought we would talk about why the outdoors is great. So I think you asked all the things I thought you would ask.
0: <laughs> also,
1: you don't need another long answer from me. <laughs> <laughs> yes, actually, I have this list of questions I prepared earlier.
0: <laughs> if you could ask me these 10 questions. <laughs> yes.
1: <laughs> Come on, there are far more interesting people than me to talk to I mean from the last hour and a half like I'm not sure. <laughs> it's like I don't hasn't been an hour and a half. Oh my god. Well, it's been it's been fun and it's been really interesting. So thank you. Thank you so much.
0: <laughs> thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed this conversation as much as I did. Cycling onto my next interview is one of my favourite moments from the trip. Soraya joined me on her bamboo bike, as well as my friend Phoebe from Petersfield. It was awesome to ride together, I had to pinch myself a few times to check that I wasn't actually dreaming, and I felt part of an absolute squad. Next episode, I talk to Shady, a mountaineer with a fear of heights. She tells us all about how she came to the mountains. A huge thank you to everyone who has listened to and shared the podcast. I've received some truly beautiful messages about how the topics have resonated with you. And I'm so, so grateful. If you've enjoyed this episode, please let me know. My inbox is always open. And if you'd like to help the community, you can do this by leaving a review and sharing it with a friend. Thank you so much again for listening. Until next time, keep on being extraordinary.